Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is George Cannon, and you're listening to Episode 28. Finding Clarity Podcast is a podcast ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church where we seek to answer questions that you might have about Christianity and the Christian life. What we try to do each week with the Finding Clarity Podcast is answer a question that you might be wrestling with or somebody you know might be wrestling with and try to give you an answer from the Bible. In fact, today's question is one that, again, all of us wrestle with at some point in our lives. In fact, some it's an ongoing wrestling match as we're trying to answer this question. You say, okay, George, what's the question that we're trying to wrestle with today? Well, it has to do with the will of God and our lives. The question that we're going to look at is, how do I discern God's will for my life? That's the question we're going to look at. Why are we looking at it? Because we struggle with knowing what God wants for our life. How do we find out, how do we discern what God's will is? And so that's the question that we're going to be wrestling with today in our podcast. So let's let's begin. Let's kind of wrestle with this question. Again, we're going to take it in several sections. First, we're going to ask, why is this an issue? Why do we want to know? And you're going to see, as we answer that question, that it's a natural tendency, but there is something different about trying to discern God's will from the Bible versus trying to find what is supposed to happen to us in the future as far as the world looks at it. Then we're going to look and see what we can see about God's will from the Word of God. There are several places in the scripture that tell us specifically what God's will is. So we're going to look at those. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up and see what the scripture says about how you and I can prove what is the will of God for our life. So let's move right into answering the question. And let's just look at the issue of why. Why is it so important for you and I to try to discern God's will in our life? And how can we make sure that our pursuit of God's will is not just something that's guided by what guides everyone else in our world? So let's look at the issue of why. To understand the desire that we have to know God's will for our life, to discern God's will for our life, we really need to look at what is the natural desire for every human being. Every human being wants to know the future. Every human being wants to have some sort of glimpse of what's coming ahead. That's why when you look in the world today, for centuries, there have been things like horoscopes, people looking at their horoscope because they want to grasp a hold of something that will maybe tell them what's going to happen. That's why something silly like a fortune cookie at the Chinese restaurant 
It's a ritual, even among Christians, to sit there and open up your little fortune cookie and see what it says. These days when you go there, it's just some sort of proverbial statement. But there was a time when it would kind of say some sort of statement about what might happen. And you might say, hmm, that's possible, or I'll remember that, I'll keep that. There is a desire among us for knowledge of the future, because knowledge is power. Isn't it interesting that when you look at the fortune cookies, they always include numbers for people to select when they play the lottery. Why? Because people want to know, am I going to win the lottery? Am I going to make good? There is a natural desire among us. That's why it has existed since the times of the scripture. You have mediums, or what we would call palm readers, who can kind of tell you what the future holds for you and make some sort of assessment. You know, there is a natural desire in all of us. Now you say, well, wait a minute, George. I understand that there's a natural desire, but my desire is not like somebody who goes to a palm reader and wants to find out about their love life. My desire is I truly want to know what does God want for my life. Well, the reason why we've got to address the issue of why is because we have to make we have to make a separation from what the world's concept of knowing the future is and the what is the biblical concept of knowing what God wants us to do because they are not the same. So if you're trying to discern what God's will is, you can't view God's will like a spiritualized, correct version of a fortune cookie or a horoscope or going to the palm reader. When we talk about knowing God's will, it's something far more than that. It is knowing what God wants for your life. And there are things that you need to understand from the Bible that will help you to guide in it. Knowing God's will isn't trying to decide what clothes to wear that day. It, it's a lot more than that. We try to bring it down to something simple like that. You know, we want to know God's will. But what do we mean by that? So we've got to wrestle with that question. Okay, so you say, okay, George, I understand that. I see there's a difference. And I've got to make sure that it's that it's delineated in my mind what we're talking about. But you said there are some things that we can see from the Bible concerning the will of God. What is it? Well, we actually see that there are three different instances where God's word tells us in the New Testament what is the will of God. I think it's interesting if you were to look up the phrase the will of God, will of God, in the scripture, you'll notice that it's used 23 times, and it's only used in the New Testament. 23 times, only used in the New Testament. Most of the time when it is used, it is used with reference to talking about someone doing something according to the will of God or doing the will of God. But there are three instances in the scripture in which we see that it tells us what the will of God is. So why don't we look at them? We're going to see these three instances in the scripture. Now, first one we're going to look at is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. This is one where it comes right out and says what the will of God is. So let's look and see what Paul says in his letter to the Thessalonians. For this is the will of God 
your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Folks, one of the few times in the scripture that it tells us what we need to do, it's saying to us that this is the will of God, your sanctification. What does that mean, your sanctification? You're becoming the person that God wants you to be. You're becoming like Christ. You are experiencing salvation in this world right now, becoming like him, your sanctification. And it's saying that you abstain. That is, that you stay away from, you do not get involved in sexual immorality. Now, that word sexual immorality is a very broad term. That means everything that has to do with sexuality outside of the bonds of marriage. It means premarital sex. It means adultery. It means getting involved in pornography. It means all kinds of things that has to do with sexuality outside of the bonds of marriage. So right off the bat, it's saying to us, this is the will of God, that you separate yourself, that you do not get involved in, that you do not become a part of the issue of knowing sexual sin outside of the bonds of marriage. So right off the bat, so if you're sitting there wrestling and and you're wondering, should you continue in your relationship with your spouse and get involved sexually with somebody else? You already know, right off the bat, God's telling you right here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, no, that's not God's will. You are not to get involved. You are not to get involved with sexual immorality. First thing we see there. Now, the second thing, again, is in the same letter, all the way over in chapter 5, we see in verse 16 through 18, it's actually one sentence where now Paul is going to tell us again what is the will of God, but it's actually doing three things. Here's what I want you to see. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The next thing I want you to see from the scripture that we can know about the will of God as we're trying to determine it for our life, He's talking about our actions as believers with regards to our relationship with him. What do you mean? Number one, rejoice always. It's talking about having an attitude of joy where you are taking joy in the life that God has given you and you rejoice in the salvation that you have in Christ. Second thing, that you pray without ceasing. That is, that you continue to have an attitude of prayer throughout the day where you are continually interacting with God about the things that you are doing. We're not talking about that you spend all day in a room praying all day, but no, rather you go throughout the day in a relationship with God where you are communicating with God about your relationships. And finally, he says that you give thanks in everything. What does everything mean? That means the good and the bad. You give thanks in everything to God for what's going on in your life. And right off the bat, he says this, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is what it means to walk with Jesus in a relationship. Okay, so the first thing we see is the will of God, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see that we're to abstain, stay away from, don't get involved with any kind of sexual sin. Second thing, that I live a life 
my relationship with Christ, that I have an attitude of joy, that I'm in a communion with him where I'm praying and I'm interacting with him, and I'm also giving him thanks. This is the will of God. One more thing we see. We see it all the way over 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. So far, what we've seen as we're getting ready to look at this passage here with Peter, we've seen, number one, he's telling us how we are to be in this corrupt world, we're to remain pure spiritually. That's abstaining from sexual immorality. Then, second thing that he tells us concerning the will of God is that we are interacting with him with joy, with thankfulness, and with prayer. That's the will of God. Now, in this passage, we're going to see Peter tell us that the will of God has to do with our actions towards others. The will of God, God specifically is telling us what we need to do with regards to our actions towards others. So notice with me, verse 13 of First Peter chapter 3. Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. What's going on here? Here's what I want you to understand. He's saying here, verse 13, you and I need to submit to government. Now, again, as soon as I say that, what if government tells me to do something that I'm not supposed to do? Folks, remember, we're talking about Peter here, who didn't do everything told him to do. He's talking about a general attitude of how we live in society. You submit to the government. And then he says, verse 15, this is the will of God. And this is why you're to do it, because you want to put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What does that have to do with? That has to do by you living in such a way as a good citizen in your community, you're going to put to silence the, the foolish talk of men who would ridicule Christianity because you're showing yourself to be a good citizen. And he goes on there and talks about how we're to honor all people. So he's talking about the way that we live our lives. So again, here's the thing. Right off the bat, he's telling us that uh, we're to abstain from sexual morality that has to do with our purity, our sanctification, our personal growth. He's talking about our relationship with Christ. We have to be rejoicing, praying, and thankful. And then here he's telling us we need to live in such a way that is honorable before man, it's a good citizens, so that we do not bring any disrepute on what we believe in our Christian faith. Now the question is, okay, those are three things there, George. How do I find out what God's will is in other areas of my life? Well, that's where we go over to Romans chapter 12. And we see in verse 2 an interesting statement that Paul makes 
that I think is very interesting. He says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right here, folks, Paul's telling us how you and I can prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Two things I want you to see here. Number one, if you're going to try to prove what God's will is, he's telling you not to be conformed to the image of this world. What does that mean? That means you don't go with the flow of the way the world does things. You're not seeking your guidance for your life based upon the flow of the culture. You're not being conformed to just the way this is what everybody else does. This is what I should be doing. That's not what he's talking about here. But rather, he's saying, you renew your mind. How do we renew our mind? Well, and in other places of the scripture, we see in the New Testament that we renew our mind through the word of God. So we renew our mind with God's word. And by renewing our mind, by being a man and woman of the word of God, we are now able to discern... God's will. We're able to make decisions to know what we need to do in a given circumstance, in a given situation. What does God want us to do? We know because we've become men and women of the word and God's word guides us into helping us make those decisions. You say, well, that's not really telling me anything, George. Well, Here's what I want you to see, folks. We're not talking about a horoscope. We're not talking about a fortune cookie. We're not talking about a palm reader. We're talking about you living your life by the principles of God's word versus being conformed to what the world is doing. And therefore, you're able to, because you're guided by God's word, able to make decisions because you know, because you're a man and woman of his word, what is the will of God, and you're able to make it. Finding Clarity Podcast is really an opportunity to answer questions about Christianity. You might be saying, okay, George, that's a good question. I don't know if I, I have to really process what you were saying there. That's good. Listen to it again. Process it. Look at the scripture. You need to come to a conclusion and maybe share that with others. You might say that you have a question that needs to be answered. You can get that to us through several ways. If you attend our church, you can just ask me or put it in the offering and saying, George, can you answer this question on the podcast? Or if you don't attend our church, we would encourage you to attend our church. We are located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Our service starts at 1045. We have a come-as-you-are service. Basically, you can just come as you are and learn about Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to attend. There are other ways that you can contact us. You can contact us through our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Podcast. You can either message us or write a message on our wall, or you can contact us through our webpage, kerbinsvillechristian.org, and you can see contact there. There's a form there that you can fill out. Next week, we're going to look at another question that we're sometimes confronted with, and we're really not sure how to deal with this question because it has to do with the issue of confronting someone. And oftentimes when we confront someone concerning an issue in their life, specifically sin in their life, we're often told, 
we're not to judge them. So the question we're going to look at next week is, what is the difference between judging and confronting someone? What is the difference between judging and confronting someone? Until next week, we trust that you will experience God's blessing. Take care.